the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I am your host, Caroline Hobby. I know music, I know people, and I know the questions you want to ask. So let's get hyper. Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. You guys, I am pumped beyond pumped for this episode. It is my girl, Amara Hall. This woman is one of the most enlightened, wise, thoughtful, spiritual, yet cool and badass, edgy. She absolutely is in touch with her soul her calling her spirit all of that and she also is just the most enjoyable incredible person to be around has so much wisdom she's a spoken word artist she actually is making her debut with me at my i'm having a podcast launch party on may 17th so the week after this episode airs amara is going to be doing a spoken word concert at aurora downtown nashville so if you guys are in nashville make sure you come because she's going to be gracing us with her talent and she is just thebomb.com. I'm so excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. So here is Amara Hall. I'm here with the incredible Amara Hall. Thank you for having me. Otherwise known as a mix between Maya Angelou, Oprah, and then a lot of other women in your life. But you like go side by side. To that's me. a lot, first of all. Let's I've just always say told that. you that. I know you have, but Oprah and that's Maya a Angelou. lot. I know. And Amara. Literally, ever since I've known you. You have wisdom, like wisdom, like soul wisdom. I don't know where it comes from. It's from like lifetimes passed down to you or something. Totally. Totally. I actually feel that way a lot. And I think it's just from the women I've met in my life, man. They've just, they've been incredibly strong. They've been incredibly driven. They've been, you know, they've done a lot of things on their own. They've been mothers and fathers at times and, They've, you know, traveled from across the world to raise babies and, um, yeah, they've been awesome. Tell me about the women in your life. Tell me about your upbringing. Well, West Baltimore, born and raised on the playground. Um, I did enjoy the playground, but (laughs) I was monkey bars born. Oh my gosh. I love the monkey bars. I was a kickballer. Once the guys figured out that like, if they had me on their team, we'd probably win because you had to pick girls. But then there were, like, the girls that, eh, you didn't really want on your team. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I grew up in West Baltimore. Um, I mean, I guess I had a pretty normal childhood. Mom, dad. Um, I had a mommy and a daddy. <laughs> Not to say there's anything wrong with having two mommies or two daddies. Totally. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I... I'm trying to think, like, what to even say about my childhood. Tell me it about was... your mom and your grandmother, because I know they profoundly <sighs> yeah. impacted you. So, Norma Jean, who's my mother, she... If there's whimpering throughout this interview, it's yeah. Ruby the dog. She has back arthritis. She's got... Boo-Boo's got some issues right now, and we're mess. just... But you know what? We're going to just let her say what she needs to say. Yeah, Exactly. If she needs to speak up, if you hear a little cry, mm-hmm. no one's dying. She's actually just, she just doesn't know what's going on. She's on a lot of pain meds because her poor back has major arthritis. I know. Sorry, baby. Okay. We so love you. Tell me about Norma. So Norma Jean, uh, let's see. We, so my parents split up. Uh, I was in eighth grade and we were moving into a new house. So it was my mother, my brother, my sister, and myself. Did you know your parents were having troubles or was it like kind of dropped on you? It was, I didn't really know. I mean, I I guess there's always that sense of, you know, you have a sense like, oh, my parents are fighting and this doesn't feel good. But I didn't know, oh my gosh, they're divorcing and we're going to move. Is that pretty heavy when that happened? It was heavy, but I've always been, I'm the middle child. So I'm the peacemaker and I'm the, you know, make everybody laugh and lighten the mood and let's think about what's going right, not about what's going wrong um, in my family. So I feel like I this happened 
and I was upset and I was distraught and I was also, I just decided, you know what, you got to keep things moving. So to be in eighth grade and have that wisdom is kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like who who thinks that way when they're an eighth grader? Um, me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting talking about it because when it's happening, you're not really, you know, that's, that's just kind of how I operate. So I didn't think it was strange. Um, and then, you know, four years later when you're dealing with it, when you're 18, you're like, Oh my gosh, why do I have this weird perspective of guys? (laughs) And why do I just want people to love me? You know, and you're like, trying to figure out where all these emotions are coming from that you've stuffed. <laughs> yeah, stuffing right. is all, they, uh, yeah. they always come out. So I was a stuffer, but <laughs> I understood that I've got to stuff it right now because I have this incredible opportunity ahead of me. I was going into this awesome private school um, that I didn't want to go to because I didn't want to wear a uniform because I was a public school girl, and public school girls don't really mess with private school girls not to say there's anything wrong with that because I became one (laughs) so I I go to this school I get this scholarship to play basketball um and or I'm sorry it was a leadership scholarship but it was a scholarship to play basketball and I just dove in you know I just I used every opportunity I had to not think about what wasn't going right you know, at home. Yeah. It was just like, okay, you've got a choice here. You can sit here in the mess and just talk about the mess because, you know, my mother was very vocal. She was very, you know, vocal about what was happening to her and how and she that's felt. that's hard because it's and your it was, dad. Totally. And that's my dad. And so it's like, well, geez, you know, I didn't know all this was going on, but um, it totally... It, it, like my mother is this picture of of grace and of mercy like her story is so it's so wonderful to know my mother from 8th grade to now you know what i mean and you've you, seen her evolve too i've seen her evolve too and you come into this place where oh my gosh norma jean was norma jean before she had me mm-hmm. you know and before she met my father william you know, and so just to think about her doing the best she can with what the knowledge she had. And that's at what that Maya time. Angelou says. What does she say? Do the best you can until you know better. Until you know better. And when you know better, do better. And see? Yeah. That's you. And yeah. That's your family. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. So <laughs> you're always making these I mean, I I love it. I, I love Maya Angelou. I definitely don't put myself on the same echelon Not, but you, i love you don't, you you don't yet because you don't <coughs> see what i see yet okay but okay. i feel so blessed to have known you before you become this thing that everyone's going to know because mm. you are so rare there's mm. something about you that is so rare and mm. so divinely inspired thanks girl that i know as long as you keep taking the steps that mm. you have been your life will impact in such a big way exactly how it's supposed to thank you and i would be shocked if it was not was not on the same level with oprah and my angelo and alicia keys i received that <laughs> i just like to say i received that <laughs> i'm reading this book right now and it's talking about like you know how when people it's talking about letting go of self-deprecating humor mm-hmm. and when people give you compliments say thank you yeah you know totally i feel like we have a lot of trouble accepting compliments so yeah. thank you you're welcome thanks okay, back to norma jean okay so right what i'm in high school norma jean is totally like rocking my world not to mention eugenia who's my grandmother who she you know third parent picking me up from school taking me to this practice taking me to that practice um grandma's house was like after school camp for me and my cousins and my brother and my sister she um picked all of us up and we would go to her house and when our parents were done with school they pick us I mean done with work they'd pick us up and um it was the best because you walk into grandma's house and it's like okay you're either gonna watch the sound of music which was like the only VHS she had or you know we're gonna like play cards or like we, we were just always doing stuff together um 
And so I feel like they just both instilled this this need for community, you know, this need to like be there for my brothers and sisters. Um, I'm just going to say brothers and sisters instead of cousins, but I mean like all of us. We we're just this big group of um, close-knit people. And especially when I got into high school, I started to realize that there are a lot of families that don't like their family. Yeah, totally. And that was that like, was like so foreign to me. I was like, wait, what? Like don't want to hang out with them? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, like, I can understand that with your parents because we all go through that. I went through that, not wanting to hang out with my mom. And now, right, now I'm, like, wishing for the day when we live in the same city again and I can just, like, go and curl up and, you know, hey, mom, what's going on? Um, What do you think the biggest pieces of wisdom that your mom and your grandmother in particular instilled in you? Like, because you have so much confidence hmm. and you're so wise. How did you My get mother that? was a praying mother. Period. End of story. And my father was a praying father. Every night before I went to bed, I heard, uh, you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are the daughter of a king. I heard that every single night before I went to sleep. And I had a mother who I knew was praying for me. Every morning I'd wake up and she'd be praying over me before she yeah i know seriously before she went to work she meant it it wasn't just a prayer to say a prayer to like yeah to like check do the church box check like even real prayer like even now i'll wake up if i'm at home for christmas when i wake up before my mom goes out to do whatever she's got her hand like on my foot at the end of the bed and is like praying over me and then she goes and does her yeah and (laughs) so yeah she but that's just so it instilled a real faith in you yeah yeah like definitely a a a faith in yourself you know and knowing that you have a light inside of you that cannot be distinguished based on I'm sorry cannot be extinguished what's that word put out extinguished. put out thank you by circumstances. And you knew that. It so cannot, you it knew doesn't that. matter. Yeah. You knew you, ha- you knew you were divinely <clears throat> made from a young age. Mm-hmm. And you had this connection to your own faith from a young age. Absolutely. And you believed it and walked it. Yeah. That's the most, Tried to. Most Tried young to. people don't have yeah. that strong connection, I feel like. Or maybe yeah. some do, but a lot don't. Yeah. I mean, and I'm still, I'm still, you know, trying and trying to figure out what that is and, you know, all of it. I think it's a it's a day by day decision and I was very very blessed just to have parents that understood that you speak truth over your children you speak w- what you want for them you can actually speak over their lives and um I grew up watching that and then my grandmother I'll never forget it it was her 85th birthday because we threw her a surprise party And, you know, all the kids, we did this like little, we did a little skit because that's what we did. And we just, I mean, growing up, it was like, our parents must be so sick of us. We just put on plays, (laughs) we put on shows, we put on variety, comedy hours, whatever. And we had just finished with grandma and she was, you know, we were like, speech, speech, speech. And she goes, a life lived for others is the only life worth living. And you all are a testament to that. Wow. And I mean, I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget that. Especially in such a selfish world that we live in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like especially our culture, you know, it's very self-driven. Yeah. To have influences who are saying live for others and who you respect preaching that, like that is something that is very good advice and... Wow. Wow. Yeah. So when did you discover your gift of words? Because to me, mm-hmm. you are the only person I've ever met who does spoken word. Yeah. And it flows out of you yeah. like just a river running. Mm. And you've been doing it since high school. You're in competition. I received that. Yes. <laughs> but yes. it's like you, and I want you to read some of it here in a little, yeah, in a little I will. bit. But where, when did you start realizing you had this gift and when did you like start taking the leap of faith to pursue it? Hmm. I recall a day, um, 
Okay, so I grew up always having a very musical side of the family, which my father's side, his baby sister is a jazz singer. Phenomenal. Aunt Julie, what's up, girl? Um, and then her husband was had a studio in his basement, and I'm going to call him D-Lo. That's what we call him on the streets. <laughs> Uncle Rob. And uh, Uncle Rob was really the first person to allow me to sit in this safe place with him and create. And he, no judgment zone. No judgment zone. Um, you know, I always had this, you know, I always had this thing where I, you know, I was that kid. I loved beating on the desks. I loved, you know, dropping a beat. I loved trying to understand, like I love the music that moved me really moved me, you know, and I love listening to it over and over again. And I love, you know, breaking songs down and under, you know, like, understanding where this person was at when they I love reading liner notes you know I love knowing who the musicians were that played on it I want to know yeah I wanted to know it all and I was sitting with Uncle Rob one day and he had you know at this point he um you know he had my my cousin Natalie and my cousin Nicole who uh let's see Natalie's 10 years younger than me so um I can tell you it was 2007, 2008 when I really started writing things for my future self to be encouraged Talk by. Talk to me about that because yeah. who does that? Yeah, I right? mean, I kind of do that stuff now, but I'm 34, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're in high school. I was, well, let's see, 2008. This would have been post-college. So, okay, post-college. I mean, I've been, I'd been writing at this time. Okay, and you said you the... you were in competitions. So I was in competitions in college. Okay. So that's when I, I, I started writing things and then started being okay with like, okay, what is this spoken word kind of thing? It's very rhythmic. It. It's very... Um, um, it's got a lot of attitude, a lot of swag. There's there, freedom. there's freedom in these words, and how you say them can can just dispel all the doubts and any stresses you're carrying. You know, it can just poof, be gone. How did you um, even discover spoken word? I, you know, a friend. Scary. That's yeah, terrifying. really, really scary. To speak spoken word is mm-hmm. the hardest thing I think you could do. I think a friend of mine just just asked if I if I'd be interested and I was happened to be in a season of yes. I'm not always in a season of yes, but I happened to be in a season of yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's try it. Um I'd been writing previously before this. Um I'd always been writing. I'd always kept journals. a journal. Oh my gosh, I have so many journals. It's ridic. <laughs> um yeah, I just have journals and journals full of just words just sometimes it's a you're writing a feeling sometimes it's you know a letter to yourself sometimes it's um I feel like my most inspired things have been a stream of what I call a stream of consciousness and I feel like writing a feeling writing a feeling so profound like to try to put into words this feeling yeah the moment, though, that I knew I had something special, I was, Uncle Rob was in the studio, and he was, um, mm, gosh, I was trying to think if I could remember that exact verse. He was, him and I were collaborating on an idea we had called See the Light, and so he's in there finishing it up, and I had stepped out of the studio, and just started writing, had no idea, you know, what I was writing, but this is something that I come back to regardless of where I am in my life, regardless of if I'm happy, uh, regardless of if things are going right, things are going wrong. Um, I just, I always come back to this and I wrote it in 2008 and, um, it's how I'm gonna, I'm probably going to open every show I ever do. And we have a little taste. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. totally kidding um honestly i never really felt like i was worth it until he beckoned loud and told me i had a purpose my past giving me doubt as lies creep to the surface feeling so weighed down can't show my face in churches you're worthless that's all i hear 
becoming my deepest fear. So I'm hurting, starting to believe that no one really cares. But my question is, Lord, are you really there? I'll ask once more, Lord, universe, source energy, are you really there? Because if you are, can you reach out and meet me where I am? Here I stand, stripped, bruised, and my hope diminished. I'm hard-headed, still doing it my way. Living in sin and giving into temptation because it's easier than repenting. Becoming cool with complacent, got the enemy grinning. Rather keep faking, be average, than ask for a new beginning. Then I heard him say, get your mind right, child. You were made in my image, and I've been anxiously awaiting to show you you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. You know, all the bullshit, all the bullshit we carry. You've been forgiven, you know, just. That leads me to another question. Like you so eloquently put it. You have known your faith for so long and you have been in touch with it for so long. But it is so easy to want to go down the wrong roads or whatever. Right. How have you navigated that coming? Have you ever gotten lost on the wrong path? All the time. <laughs> yeah. What is, check, check, how check. Do you, yeah. How do you navigate those situations? Because you always come back. And it's not like it's anything terrible, but you know, mm-hmm. we all like have roads For sure. where we get lost. Absolutely. To- 100% agree. I, I was reading something tremendous that inspired me. Excuse me. And I wish I could remember the author right now, but... Um, It said, we are just living from moment to moment of belief. We are just living like you can only have enough faith from moment to moment, you know, like that, that's all you you can't have, you you don't have enough faith for tomorrow and the next day and the next day because you have no idea what that day brings. You can only have, we can only have faith from this moment to the next moment. We have to live in the moment. That yes, absolutely, absolutely. I feel it's like it's hard to live in the moment sometimes. Oh my isn't gosh, it? Do yeah. You have it's excruciating. For in the moment? Well, I'm trying a new one right now <laughs> called meditation, which I told you about before we got on the mosaic, <laughs> and that pretty much for me right now goes with three minutes of okay, just check your breathing, just relax. I wonder if I put the clothes from the washing machine into the dryer. No, shut up. Just relax. I wish Diesel would stop scratching. It's really distracting. Just relax. Oh, my gosh. Did I, I need to get stamps. You know, it's like all the just like laundry list of things goes and in your mind. And it feels so crucial at that time, but it doesn't matter at all. No. Really. At all. And so, you know, I, I feel like I do a variety of things. I, I meditate. I pray. My, my biggest one, though... Um, is just being around people who lift me up. That's the biggest thing that I I know I can do for myself. I told you the other day, I was I was having one of those days. I had a day. I woke up and I swear, from the moment I opened my eyes, somehow it had already been decided. This day is, you know, it's just not going to be a good day. This day is just you know, you wake up and you're just like, yep. Let's just redo, you know, (laughs) let's just, let's start this one over. And I thought I need to be with some pure sunshine. And I texted Caroline and I was like, what are you doing? Can I join you? What is happening? I just need to be around someone I know that will speak truth over my life. You do that to me. And so you're the one I go to when I need that. Well, right back at you. (laughs) So glad we can both, you know be that for each other but that's man that is my main thing because those days that you know and we have them and it's good to be alone I'm not saying that sometimes you don't need to be alone because you do sometimes you need to be in your thoughts but you know when you're alone and it's spiraling absolutely absolutely put yourself around around someone else who's you know whose energy you can absorb and just breathe with you know and um, I read things, you know, reading right now. I'm reading this book that's awesome. It's called You Are a Badass, and it's specifically about stopping doubt, mm-hmm. just nipping it in the butt. Because it's kind of scary. You recently took a very large leap of faith. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, I did, girl. Like, yes, I did. <laughs> some people would say you be crazy. I am. I <laughs> you really walk away am. from a great paying job. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> to literally pursue your artistry, yeah. full force. Totally. I want to talk about that Woo! because <clears throat> that to me, when you walk mm. in faith that strongly, mm-hmm. that is like you're sh- you're showing up for God. You're saying, okay, God, you put this calling on my heart. I feel it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to dive into the abyss and just go for it. And that is like the most terrifying thing ever because you don't know what in the freaking world is going nope, to happen. Nope. And You're you, trusting. Then you always go to the worst thing. you like, mm, nope, ain't going to work, ain't going to happen. I'm going to blow up. You know, somehow something just astronomically wrong is going to happen, right? And you feel like you could have potentially ruined your life and mm-hmm. now you'll be broke and living in your car. And- yep. So yep. tell me about mm-hmm. this leap of, leap of faith that you just did. Because obviously you have always been doing spoken word. Mm-hmm. It's always been who you mm-hmm. are. You've been mm-hmm. speaking truth. You are a truth speaker. And mm-hmm. you're also a healer. Thank you. And I feel like that comes from your words. Thank you. So tell me about what's happening now. Okay. Life and career. So and as you know, this was two months ago now. I quit my job. So <laughs> it was a good job. It was a good job. So the past four years I've been in the music industry as, um, on the business end I have, that's where we met, you know, we met at hit shop records and I've been a, everything from a president's assistant to a office manager, to a promo coordinator, to a, artist manager to a you know wrangler of people and things and coffee and whatever the f needs to get done get it done kind of person and you always get it done that's what we do (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's what we do bobo get her done um yeah and I, i feel like i've been learning this get her done mentality, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't have to see the whole staircase to take one step, you know, and if someone, it it taught me so much in just figuring it out. What did you you learn from all those experiences? Because you knew that wasn't your soul's calling, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of crucial for you to go to school in learning the entertainment industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's exactly what what I thought about it as I was like you know what this is my grad school you know a lot of my friends went to grad school a lot of them have PhDs a lot of them are in medical school this was my grad school this was my show up every day and get it done and show up every day and serve others yeah you have not been serving yourself really you have been you have been helping other people accomplish their dreams and learning yeah. along the way and totally and learning a lot and learning oh my gosh I've had some really 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 awesome teachers and this last leap of faith came from um I was actually a southeast regional and I was working records and every day wake up and you put your best foot forward and no matter how many times you hear no you keep asking the question and no matter how many times you hear no you show up at their doorstep That's training camp. And no matter how many times you hear no, you keep asking the question and you do it with polite persistence. You that, know? Is a, a tr- that is a skill set right there. Yeah, <clears throat> because, totally. Because you can't, it's like, you know, most people when they get no, they're like, okay, run away, never come back, hide in a corner mm-hmm. or, or cave and like just die. Totally. Well, it taught me a lot because I'm not, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not like a pushy person. <laughs> I'm not like a, you know. Hey, hey uh, guy. Uh, <laughs> you going to add my record today? Okay, great. I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> You know that record I've been talking about? So uh, that record, <laughs> John, did I mention I have a record your hair you... looks phenomenal today? <laughs> I have a record that I, I I brought it. Here it is. It's funny, Will I have you it with play? me. And I'll be like, hell no. Okay, great. I'll come back tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> See you later. Love you too. Bye. Because uh, talk about being rejected on a daily basis, being mm-hmm. a regional at a record label. Well, you like, know, little something about that. I did it for six months, and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't last much longer. It was a gr- same thing. Yeah, amazing learning opportunity. Yeah. it taught me how to navigate all different types of powerful personalities. Because mm-hmm. the record industry, it is there are opinionated, powerful people. Mm-hmm. 
who ain't budging in their thoughts mm-hmm. and you have to navigate them because you have to be polite. Yep. <clears throat> and yep. it teaches you, then you kind of just become that. And mm-hmm. it's a way better way of communicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I learned a lot just about having to ask for what you want. You do, don't you? You got to ask for it. You can't do this whole like shy, sheepish thing. Nope. Sheepish thing. Nope. How did you learn how to ask for what we want? What was the moment when you realized that? Mm. <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess I've learned it in different ways throughout my entire life. Um, but specifically as it relates to the music industry, um, I learned that if you don't show people who you are, they will tell you who you're supposed to be. And mm. so you mm. okay, have wait. to. That's Oprah says an aha moment. Okay. Can you say that again? What did I say? <laughs> if you don't show people who you are. If you don't show people who you are, they will tell you who you're supposed to be. And so I just knew that, okay, all I want to be is a tiebreaker. And I know that. Uh, what does that mean? Well, when someone is sitting there and they're thinking about adding a record, I want them to have to think about me and my artist. And I want them to want to do it because they want to support me and my artist. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I, I want to be someone who, when people think of me, they think, you know what? I'm going to add her record because, you know what? She, she's just been really kind to me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, she <laughs> I, I used to just send random notes all the time just because we're all just people you know we're all just freaking people trying to figure out our lives trying to figure out relationships and trying to figure out you know how to do shit the right way and like none of us you have all these people involved and Mm -hmm. you analyze yourself so much you think Mm -hmm. people hate you and Mm -hmm. it's just awful you can just really go down a rabbit hole i know i know you want to be liked, but then also yep. you got to be authentic. Yep. So how do you straddle that line of being hmm. liked and authentic? Hmm. Because I, f- I feel like that is something I've sometimes struggled with. Yeah. That's a really good question. I'm also still learning that one. I feel like what I thought of first when you said that was I've always wanted to be the friend I want to have. I love that. You know, like. I want to I want people to want to pick up the phone and call me because they just need to hear a a smiling face or they just need to hear a word or maybe they need to hear nothing at all. You know, I'm really good at just being with people when they need someone to just be with them and shut the fuck up. You are. You know? Do you intentionally choose the way your delivery towards people? Like do you ever want to be like you're a stupid idiot, you're so dumb, blah, blah, blah. but then you're like, okay, it's okay. We're all human. We all make mistakes. And here you come with your wise advice. Do you like ever filter it? Do you, or is it just how it comes out of you? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm sure. Hmm. It comes out of you like that. I think it just comes out of me like that. I mean, I'm sure there are times where I'm like this bitch. <laughs> but you have grace but, for people. Yeah. Where did that come from? It's important. To extend grace to people. Um, a life lesson I learned, um, you know, in between that 14 and 18 period, um, you know, where you're you're freaking out because your, um, your father is not in your household anymore and this vision, you know, of this man and this protector is not the same vision that you once had. You know, and it's changing and it's scary and it's, you know, all these things are happening to me and and you walk around and you realize you're carrying unforgiveness and you realize you've got all these things in your backpack that how the fuck did they get there? (laughs) Because I didn't pack them in there. You know, you let other people put shame and guilt and all that other shit that we carry around because other people projected this and that on us. And I'll never forget it. I was in Ecuador, and I wrote him a letter. And in that letter, I swear, I released everything I'm saying now. You know, I just I just released it. And I decided that I'm responsible for my feelings. I'm responsible for 
how I impact the world, you know, and because someone else did this or that doesn't have any bearing on how I treat other people, you know. So and you say that too. You don't pick up other people's trash. How do you say that? You don't, you hear people's problems, but you don't pick up their trash. You said something. Yeah. Well, you, you, you can't put other people's uh, baggage and garbage in your backpack and carry it around for them. It's not yours. You know, it's not yours to carry. Wow. Yeah. So you learn that in for, in a way forgiving. I feel your like dad. in for, yeah, totally. 100%. And you fully forgave him. Mm-hmm. And you released it. Yeah. But you have to speak it. Don't I you have think? to speak it. And I mean, I still go back and forth. You know, I'm, I'm a little I'm a, I'm a little girl, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, well, he didn't call me on at 1201 on my birthday, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I want to get upset. About. I still, you know, have moments where I'm just in my feelings. And but for the most part, I think that going through that period of my life really taught me to rely like and then my dad dropped this piece of information on me he's like you know what Amara I'm I'm just a steward you know I mean yes I'm your father and I'll I'll always be there but I'm just a steward you know I'm not supposed to be the one to show you all these great wonders because you really have to find them out for yourself wow you know that's kind of freeing and scary mm-hmm. like pit in your stomach at the same time totally <laughs> because you're like no totally. you're supposed to totally take no, care no, of me 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 yeah i know so that kind of set you on your path to like okay like you realized your dad was a flawed human just mm-hmm. like all of us are yep and you realize that all these people that you looked up to mm-hmm. they don't know any better than you do really mm-hmm. so at that point at a young people. age you relied on yourself yeah yeah i mean what i would call in inner light, what I call my gut, what I would call God, what I would call, you know, light, supreme, ultraviolet rays and beams and stuff, you know, like all, like your, your core, you know, your, wherever you gather that, that energy from that is like refreshing, you know, and it's, you don't have to be anything to be in its presence you just are totally you know what I mean mm-hmm. um what it's I would peace. call that light yeah it's a p- inner peace absolutely absolutely it's you know it's it's why people people strive for you know joy and not happiness because happiness you know can change day to day but joy that that doesn't change so you're in this job. You're working records. You're talking to right. radio PDs. You actually are part of a promotion stuff that gets a number one song. Yeah. I love this life. I love this cash. life. So you're and crushing it at your job. You're yeah. not just like doing this job. You're actually like killing it yeah. at this job. I was, I'm going to go right ahead to Honored to be a part of their team because I have never met, I was supposed to see that. I was supposed to see that rise. I was supposed to see that magic because what Chris and Preston do when they bring people into a room, Chris and Preston are low cash. You are the only person in that room. They understand that this is a business of relationships and they understand that if you bring people into your world and make them feel a part of something that when the, that time comes, they'll, they'll lift you up, you know, they'll lift you up. Mm-hmm. to that number one spot and they value those relationships they value them and we saw that you know and i i got to be a part of um a gold record with i love this life and a number one with i know somebody and i um i was just really blessed to have someone who believed in me enough to say here's the southeast why don't you go scurry along and take it you know, I've never done this before. I um, So by that, that means like you now are in charge of all the radio stations in the Southeast mm-hmm. getting them to add low caches mm-hmm. singles. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. fly on, girl. Yeah, absolutely. And these are, you know, these are, these are guys that people, people love and, and loved to support when that when that uh, roller coaster, I say, was like, you know, chicken towards chucking towards the the upswing. Um, 
but it was it was an uphill battle you know and it was a battle and I feel like it just taught me exactly she knows she's like girl it was a battle (laughs) Woo! yes it was um but it also you know it makes those those moments so sweet in February you know when you're sitting there and you're toasting them and they're all sitting on stage talking about this wonderful moment in their lives you know they haven't so hard for they have a number one record you know and no one will ever 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 take that away from them and they I mean they should be they should be proud beyond beyond belief of themselves because they never ever you want to talk about never giving up there's never given up and then there's like low cash never given up (laughs) They never gave up. They've been doing it for like 20 years Faux and never real. stopping. For real. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, 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 uh. And stayed positive for real. and happy the whole time. And they Absolutely. finally got their big break. Absolutely. So you finally so, got your big break and then you quit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So talk to me about that. Well, um, good segue. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, um, the number one... Of I know somebody, I know somebody, uh, coincided with, it was like that rise of that song coincided with the decline of my grandmother's health. And my grandmother turned 98 on October 13th, and I flew in to see her. This was like, you know, this was the week that we were, you know, we went six to one. So I think we were at six and, you know, I just told my, I was like, guys, I, I, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this was, this is push, this is push week. Okay. Okay. And, you know, told, told my bosses like, guys, I, I've got to be there. I've just got to be there. I don't know how long we have. I don't know if this is what this is, but I've got to be there. And they were just like, go, didn't even bat an eye. Um, forever forever grateful that I went you know because we have so many moments in our Mm -hmm. our grandparents lives and even our parents lives where you know little little things happen here and there and we can't be there for everything but um I've always felt that was one of my love languages was uh quality time Mm -hmm. so I fly in it's grandma's birthday we celebrate her 98th birthday in the hospital like for real think about I can't even think about all the things she's seen. She must think we are fucking crazy. <laughs> she's like, uh, I grew up during the Great Depression. Yeah. And now there's a phone that I can talk to my granddaughter on and see her. Yeah. You know. Anyway. So I um, I ended up staying in Baltimore for about a week. And I'm glad I did because I would, you know, I'd... I'd work for a few hours and then I'd go and just hang out with her. And we uh, got to the end of the week and I go back home and two days later she passes. Wow. And I remember being on a conference call um, before I found out. I remember we had a conference call. It was Monday. And I said, you know, they were all asking and Gator goes, you know, so for all the people who've, who've just now gotten their, you know, first number one, how does it feel? And I remember sitting in that for a second and being like, you know, it feels good. Feels great, you know. Everyone's saying congratulations, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like high five, high fives from all around. You know, radio is actually calling me. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and that, it feels great. But it didn't feel how I thought it would feel. How did you think it would feel? Butterflies and rainbows and mm-hmm. stickers and glitter and puppies. Oh my gosh! Puppies. Yep, just rims of puppies. <laughs> just. <laughs> rooms of puppies uh-huh. every hour new sets of puppies oh, just, just coming fresh, on in just fresh puppy puppies oh my gosh yes. <laughs> and it didn't feel like that and I had to face a very real truth within myself which was what are you doing this for who are you doing this who are you doing this for who were you doing it for 
I think I was doing it for a combination of people within my building, um, music mentors who had put me in a position where I was in this position, you know, and people that had just instilled so much belief in me that I could do it, that I thought I could do it. And I did did it. it. (laughs) I did it. Felt good. It probably was validating. It was, it was very validating. So that was probably a necessary thing you needed to feel to Mm -hmm. validate that you actually Mm -hmm. have this ability to make something start from the bottom and go to the top. For sure. In a real business world. For sure. For sure. Hard to do. Yeah, it was hard. And afterwards, quite frankly, I needed a fucking vacation. I was like, <laughs> well, oh, oh, woo, Lord. And then it was like, okay, let's do it again. And I was just like. You're like, I had one in me. That was it. <laughs> Drop the mic. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll catch I'll, y'all. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch you guys on the charts. I'll, uh. You literally didn't think you had another one in you. Well, like, I don't know what I was thinking, honestly, Amara. Like, what? You're going to get a number one, and then they're going to send you to Cancun for a week, and then, you know. But I just I just realized that I, f- I feel like I felt things too deeply, you know? Mm-hmm. When people didn't call me back, I'd be like, well, fuck, why didn't they call me back? Like, I'm a nice person to talk to. I, I'm like, am I a nice person to talk to? Maybe I suck. Well, people tell me I'm cool. No, you're not that cool. Oh my, you know what I mean? Oh, do I know what you mean? <laughs> I have lived in that real tapes. I think all artists mentality people yeah. can just, oh, it's just over yeah. analyzing. Yeah. And, and, and I, I felt my true self, which is I'm a, I'm a feeling person, you know, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit as Erica Badu said. So why are you trying to put this square peg into a round hole? And you wrote like a spoken word song about this. Yes, I did girl. What's that one called? Um, (laughs) well, I I call it inner. Oh, it's, I don't know. It's called interlude right now. Can you give us a little bit of that? Um, but it, it starts, um, Wake up, get dressed, go to work. Nine to five till it hurts. Well, that really don't work for me. Wake up, get happy, do your job. Nine to five's all a blur. That really don't work for me. It's time to let my passion do the talking. Nine to five, stop fucking with my creativity. Because while I'm ever so grateful, I always wanted to be able to put food on the table, support my family, and those of y'all who've been with me. But deep inside, it's killing me. My soul cries, it's killing me, it's killing me. Yeah. But my soul cries every time that nine to five takes over. Seems so summer days are over. Want to go back to 10 feet tall on daddy's shoulders. Those days, see, I never knew what I had to do to be the better me. See, music betters me, makes me a better person, makes it all come together and feel worth it. Yes, you are worthy and the journey's worth it. Just keep working. Eyes on your purpose. Listen to yourself. Keep your eyes on your purpose. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did that come? I feel like I should call it eyes on your purpose. Yes. Maybe that's more like. I like eyes on your yeah. purpose. Yeah. Did that come to you in that season? Oh, yeah. And you were just like, came. your soul was screaming Just at you. came. Well, you and I had had a dream board session. We had one of the most spiritual experiences. Yeah. Probably actually. It was. The most spiritual experience I've had was that moment with you. Yeah. I needed to. Break I needed to dream. Oh, man. I just. I. I was in this moment of, it was December 4th. It was my mother's birthday. I'll never forget it. Of course, it. it was your mom's birthday. It was my mom's birthday. I know, right? You had just come home from something, and you were like, and you just texted me out of the blue, and you were just like, hey, you want to have a sleepover? And I was like, oh, we haven't had a sleepover in so long. It's like, yeah, let's go have a sleepover. And I was already thinking like, okay, we can dream board. This will be great, because I, I was needing some help articulating... But- what this calling, what this purpose is. Cause I felt it and it's so, it can be so frustrating when you feel it and you, you know that it's coming and you know, it will be revealed to you, but it's never fast mm-hmm. enough. Mm-mm. It's never fast enough. And every day you wake up and you're like, it's this thing, it's just burning. And it's this thing. It makes your heart beat. It makes, you know, it makes you just, it makes you sweat and, and feel amazing. And I couldn't articulate it. And I was like, okay. And you texted me. As, you know, 
we often flow with each other We're when we just some need sort of some sort of something, you know, from one another. And yeah, I get over here and I've got my notebook check, you know, I've got, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking we were going to do, but what happened, I never could have imagined. You know what I mean? Ditto. Like, I was literally thinking, okay, we're going to, like, cut out scrapbooks, and I'm going to, like, you know, put things like summer and, you know, bikinis, and, like, you know, I want to be on an island somewhere, and I don't know what I thought it would be, but it was it really was magical because you just started asking me the questions I needed to ask myself. And I finally had the time to think about them. You know, we started that session at like nine at night and we went to like four in the morning. Yeah. It was like, and then it was like, okay, go to sleep. Okay. We have to go to sleep. Okay. We have to go to sleep. Yeah. It was crazy. Fire. Cause all of a sudden I think you hadn't realized how your spoken word gift is actually your career. I know. You had been doing it as more. I know. You knew you loved it. Yeah. But like you hadn't, quite gone all in mm-hmm. totally totally and I started you know Caroline was like asking me questions you know and you're like well what what is you know what what are you really good at you know it was something really dumb you know it was really straightforward and dumb like well what are you really good at and I was just like I don't know spoken word and you were like and you well never- spoken word yeah. that shit and I was like what and you could always like spoken word just in life. Like you like almost speak in spoken word just in yeah. living in real life. That's awesome. Then you say, oh, I just have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of spoken word. And I just have recordings. Like all the notes on my phone. And you've also like, recorded basically a full album already. Yeah. You're just kind of doing it on the side. Yeah. But I you know. like have these amazing masterpiece songs that are yeah. like spoken word. Then you have some collabs with some singers and yeah. some beats and like this creation. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I just have all this just sitting here. <laughs> like, who just has all that just sitting there in spoken word? You know, that is not like a common thing. I know. When when we when we discovered it, it was kind of like. Gosh, you're uh, this is like in like, your face. I was like. Blinding uh, your eyes. You just can't see it. What had happened was. <laughs> yeah, that's just, you know. Yeah. What I don't you, even know what to call that. What did you feel after that moment, though? Like. How did you feel? Because like that moment, I feel like you I decided to pursue it. Full I course. felt an insane amount of just purpose. You know, there's I, I feel like there's always that feeling in the morning of I want to wake up and I want to be jolted out of bed. I'm I'm so excited to do what I was made to do, you know, and it was for the first time, it was a release. It was a release of all the stress I had been carrying, thinking that, and this is something that Tyler helps me with all the time. That's my boyfriend. He always says, you have the right to change your mind. And I've been holding on to, you know, all these expectations of who I felt I was supposed to be in the professional world, you know, and, and, I mean, a lot of my artists don't even really know that I've had this stuff on the side because I I understand the importance of what I was doing was to be there, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't really to shine a light on whatever this is that was happening because I needed this to happen inside of me and I needed to come to it by myself, mm-hmm. you know. I really needed to, and even if you're, you know, even if your path is this, we get so frustrated that it's not... Like this, like, even if it's like this, like, holy moly. I mean, I feel like the knowledge that I've accrued in the last five years being in this town is, it's invaluable. And it's exactly what I needed to propel me. Before you were ready to launch, you Mm -hmm. needed to go to school. Yeah, absolutely. School of hard knocks. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. It's you're not gonna, my thing. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't, you're gonna be talent. you're gonna be you're gonna be like my puff daddy. Like I'm gonna have you come on the track and just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, because I have swag like yeah. Puff Daddy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Me and Puff. We're like just we're like two peas in a pot. Exactly the same. Like I'm yep. so cool yeah. like he is. <laughs> 
I could never even try. I, he's so badass, but oh thank you. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me what's happening next. Okay, so we have a debut together. This podcast is actually going Can to you air. Believe it. We made an agreement that tell night. Tell him what we wrote. We made an agreement that night mm-hmm. that December you were going 4th. to have a big Nashville showcase because you've been doing this and you've been pursuing it kind of yeah. quietly and like doing stuff. But like, we made an agreement that we were going on your birthday, May seventeenth. Yep. We were going to have a show. Well, you were going yep. to have a show, but like, obviously I was in this with you because we were like yep. grabbing this thing together. Totally. And that my podcast, I'm having a podcast, like little lunch party on May 17th. And guess who the featured performer is? Who? Amara Hall. Is that not just. It's so it's cool. And it was a so coincidence. Crazy. Like they, when I got the party and the launch thing together, yeah. randomly, I even tried to change it to May 10th. Because I didn't think I was, I, I didn't want to skip a week with podcasts. Totally. Like my schedule wasn't lining up. And she's totally. like, the woman in charge of everything was like, no, we really need it to be on May 17th. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I'm like, fine. And then everything fell into line. This interview, you and I fell into line. Yeah. You performing fell into line. And then yeah. I looked at the date and it was May freaking 17th. I cannot believe that. If I, that's not God. Yeah. Just like. Drop the mic. If that is not God, then I don't know what is. It gives... I I cannot think about it too hard because it's just... It's just magic. You know? I feel like when... Most of the time when things are happening as they're supposed to happen, it just feels... It feels like breathing, you know? It just feels natural and it feels like magic. Have you experienced it just some, happens. some pretty magical moments? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want people to feel that because yeah. you have to have faith and you have to be brave mm-hmm. and you have to quit your job after you just got like basically two back-to-back number ones yeah. and you're crushing it at your very well, high paid, respectful job. You have to be yep. willing to quit with no, with no freaking parachute and yep. <laughs> and no more biweekly payments and yep. No oh more my gosh. Benefits, no more anything. But, but it seems so crazy because this whole time I was so caught up on like, well, how are you going to say no to this? You know what I mean? How are you going to walk away from biweekly payments? And when I think about that measured up to what I really want to do, you know, and how I want to impact the world, it's just fluff, you know? It's well, just one fluff. Life. Why would you not let your We got voice, one. Why would you not let your soul sing? Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> let it fly. All day. And another thing, this is another... Tylerism, gosh, he is always saying that the teacher is the teacher because they've failed the most times. So they know they've no, they've tried it all. You have it on your board. No fear, all faith. You know, like we get so caught up in that initial like, well, what if people don't work. like it. What if I? Oh my gosh! And I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? This podcast is is a fail. leap of faith, people right? People are gonna hate it, right? Look like an idiot. And it's like. If you don't get past that initial feeling of I can't breathe. You won't do anything. You won't do anything. You won't. You have to be so prepared for people to laugh at you and everything Mm -hmm. to fall apart. But that also comes from knowing that you're following your calling and trusting in the higher force more than the external world that we live in. Yeah. And that is what. I call it a leap of faith. What is that quote? We wrote a yeah, quote. Yeah, you got you have got to read this quote. We no. said this that Caroline night. Caroline just straight up <laughs> said this. She's gonna say I was on it. No, no, it was a flow. She, it, was, it was a flow. It though. Was You're a, right. It we took were flowing. Us both. We were flowing. Because I right. had just walked away from an incredible opportunity in the music industry, mm-hmm. like signed a record deal and everything, yep. and I walked away to pursue hosting and this podcast. With, right. Like what? What is a? I didn't even know what a podcast was. Oh, let me start my podcast and <laughs> walk away from a major label record deal because that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever said no one ever but me. yeah but i yeah. knew it like how you felt like you were dying in your job being yeah. a regional i was dying in this record deal and i knew it wasn't my calling so we had this quote mm. and we said Calm. i know that even though i didn't know where i was going i knew the moment i was walking away from a great opportunity that there was a greater one in front of me that's what i call a leap of faith and that's what you just did, girl. And the Woo! world will know your name, Amara Hall, because you will change the world for the greater good. And you have so much love. You have so much grace. You have so much 
you have you have the ability to make people want to forgive themselves, to mm. forgive other people, and then march on to be the better version of themselves. You mm. have that ability. You are mm. a healer. I've Thank said you. it from the second I met you. You take people where they are. You don't get mad at them for their flaws and the terrible things they've done. You wrap them in your arms and you go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be great together. Yeah, makes me wanna cry because that's how much I like believe in you and like I know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I said, Thank mark you. my words, Thank the you. first woman black president will probably be here within the next 20 years. I, I, was, I pray sooner. Yeah. You will be at the inaugural address. I know. We totally had mark that my vision. Words. We had that vision. You will. Hey, I accept that. I know you will. I accept and that. And I have to be your date. Can you imagine? <laughs> I will imagine. Will I you? see it. I know. Oh, my gosh, girl. They got real butter on these rolls. What? <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah. Okay, let's do it. I know. So what's, what's 20 years from now? Hopefully it'll be sooner. But yeah. I say within 20 years okay. that will happen. Okay. And by then you will be like deep into your career. You and Alicia Keys will have done tons of collabs. Because oh y'all are twins. Lot of mercy. You and Alicia Keys I know. I, I feel like I can't even talk about Alicia Keys because I dream about her. <laughs> like I literally think we're already friends. You are. Y'all are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> Is that weird? Mm-mm. Your soul, you, a soul knows it's mm-hmm. when it meets someone it is supposed to be with, you know? She wrote a song called Superwoman, and it goes, Cause I am a superwoman. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Even when I'm a mess, still put on a vest with an S on my chest. Oh, yes, I'm a superwoman. And I was reading an interview, and she said she wrote that song because she needed to hear that song. And that's what you do. That's how I feel. You know? Okay, so we're going to wrap up. Yep. Leave your light. You're just a ball of inspiration. Like, everything you say is inspiring. You are inspiration. To me, you are just bright light. Thank you. So, this is going to be hard to ask you to just pick some piece of inspiration. But leave hmm. some inspiration. Okay. Of how you've been inspired or how you want to inspire people. Um, hmm. I would say as someone who has a very creative side and is very conscious of the fact that I am surrounded by so many bright lights, you know, we are in such a super, super saturated city of bright lights. How awesome for us. How awesome for us. I'm glad you said that instead of what I sometimes think, which is, well, gosh, I hope my light will shine just as bright as theirs. You know, we get like, we, we you start doubting yourself. You start doubting yourself. You see all these other people shining so bright. I would, I want to leave you with right with no intention of making it great to all my creative people out there. Do it for the love you know, write with no intention of making it great, you know, don't, we go into all these rooms with these people who have all these accolades, and they've done this, and they've done that, and they've taken it to this place, and that place, and we forget, we are but vessels, we are here, we are here to leave, to leave, you know, our, our voice, you know, and, and our perspective, and no one else can do you like you do you. Nobody. And that should give you the greatest confidence to pursue what you know you're meant to do. For sure. Ruby. <clears throat> Agrees. Okay, so take us out up, with Ruby. one last spoken word. Okay, taking you out. Mm. 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 Um, it's a couple things that I'm sure of. The hardest steps to take are the first ones, the ones that will break your heart if you don't try. You don't try or even go for it. So, baby, go for it and don't wait for who they want you to be. Probably ain't that great. No, the trials that you beat are the ones you face head on, sweaty palms saying, please, Lord, today. Give me the courage because it's got to be today. I got to make a change. There's got to be a way for me to find a sense of freedom hiding in the mundane to keep believing that I'm doing the right thing. Mara Hall. Y'all come see us at Aurora, downtown Nashville. It's going to be awesome. On her birthday. I'm turning 30, y'all. May 17th. It's going to be 
epic. It's Amara gonna awesome. is go- we're gonna, it's gonna be her Nashville showcase, and it's gonna rock your your face and your world. See y'all there. Peace, Amara Hall. I know you guys loved that episode. I loved it. It was one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. I love Amara Hall. Next week, you guys, I have Lou Taylor joining me. Lou Taylor is the CEO of TriStar Entertainment. It's a business entertainment group, and she is a badass biatch. This woman gets it done with grace, with style, with heart, with faith. She does not take any shice from anyone, and she is just such an example of how to be a strong, powerful woman. I love her so much. So next week, join me for Lou Taylor. <laughs>